Good morning, Woodmont, and welcome to worship. I want to remind you that this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, so we're going to have a six o'clock uh, service here in the new chapel. Uh, it will also be live streamed and that will kick off uh, the season of Lent. So join us either here in the chapel uh, with masks on or you can join us uh, online as we live stream it. Uh, join me for a word of prayer. Loving God, open our hearts and minds and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is a very special day in the life of our church because today we are holding our first worship services in this brand new chapel. The construction of this chapel over the past year and a half in the children's area has been an act of love and sacrifice and vision on the part of so many different people. For years, we have known that we needed to expand our facility to accommodate the growth of our church. We knew we needed to build a new sacred worship space and expand our children's area. And so with everybody's generosity and everybody's help, we have done that. And today is our first day to worship in this new building, in this chapel. So today is a day of celebration, a day of Thanksgiving, a celebration for a major project that's been completed and thanksgiving to all of you for your generosity and your commitment to help this become a reality. We have decided to name this chapel the Carpenter Chapel to honor five generations of carpenters and drawotas who have served in leadership at Woodmont, who have given vision, who have been generous all the way back since the church's beginning uh, in 1943. And that actually includes a lot of different families in our church. We've decided to name the new kids commons, uh, the Johnson commons in honor of uh, Milton and Denise Johnson, as well as their children and grandchildren. But I also want to thank everybody, every single person who has contributed, given their time, their vision, their effort uh, to help this chapel, this children's space become a reality. When Frank Jawoda, who's our church's founding pastor, uh, preached his first sermon over in our sanctuary in July of 1949, that was in the summer of 1949, six years after the church started in 1943, he said these words, this is a new beginning. Doing the will of God does not stop at raising money and constructing buildings. The building of Christian lives is the important business of the church. And so today, February the 14th, 2021, I want to say this again. This is a new beginning. The building of Christian lives remains the most important business of the church. This facility, as beautiful as it is, as state of the art as it is, is the place where we gather to do that. In a culture that is selfish and greedy and hostile 
and politically polarized, money-driven, restless, never satisfied, there is always more work for us to do, even during a global pandemic. And we're gonna keep doing it and doing it to the very best of our ability. But I believe we should always stop and ask the question, how are we doing? Individually, collectively, are we growing in our faith? Are we still reaching new people? Are we spreading hope to those who are hurting? Are we serving? Are we sharing the gospel message? Are we loving others the same way that God loves us? Are we bearing good fruit? Are we building on the solid foundation of Christ's teachings? You know, when he was asked, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? What did Jesus say in Matthew 22? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. At some point during his ministry, and he served this church for about 30 years, Dr. Jawoda took the time to describe what he called the church of his dreams. And I've found myself in my years at Woodmont coming back to these words time and time again. This is what he said. This is the church of my dreams, a church of the warm-hearted, open-minded, adventurous spirit, a church of the people, a church that is high, low, and broad, as high as the ideals of Jesus, as low as the humblest person, as broad as the love of God, a working, worshiping, and saving church, a church that interprets truth in terms of the times and challenges times in terms of the truth, a church that inspires courage for this life and hope for the life to come, a church that is worthy of our best. And this church, Woodmont Christian Church, is worthy of our best. Today, as we worship in this brand new space, we need to recommit to following the teachings of Jesus, to doing everything in our power to live and to love like him. We need to recommit to the mission of Woodmont to grow disciples of Christ by seeking God, sharing love, and serving others. In recent weeks, we have been talking about morality. In fact, we've been in this series called Morality, Meaning, and the Ten Commandments. And do you remember how Rabbi Jonathan Sachs defines morality? He says, it's a concern for the welfare of others, an active commitment to justice and compassion, a willingness to ask not just what is good for me, but what is good for all of us together. It's about us, not me. It's about we, not I. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Jesus in 2021? What does it mean to take faith seriously? Today, I wanna to share with you what I think are the five key components of building a Christian life. These are the things that we must take seriously if we're trying to follow Jesus on a regular basis. The first one is very basic, and it's an ongoing commitment to being a loving person, to love God and to love neighbor. 
Now that sounds obvious, right? But it's not easy. We all know that. So much gets in our way. Often we get in our own way. Ego gets in the way. Pride gets in the way. Fear gets in the way. Anger gets in the way. Maybe the best description of the Christian life lived out is found in Romans chapter 12, where Paul says this, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, Paul says, live peaceably with all. Now in the Greek text, which is the original text of the New Testament, we find three different words for love. First, we have eros, or romantic love. This is the love that we celebrate today on Valentine's Day. Romance, passion, attraction, sex. And falling in love with somebody is a powerful feeling. And having your heart broken is a terrible feeling. The second love that we find in the New Testament is philia, or fraternal and brotherly love. This is a love of friendship and community that, that makes us fond of each other. It's the way we feel about the people that we want to be around. We care about them. We wish for their well-being. But Jesus came to teach us about a third kind of love, and this love is called agape love which is a sacrificial form of love that seeks the good and well-being of others, of society, and of the world. It's a love that transcends boundaries. Uh, I've described it before as unconquerable goodwill towards other people. Agape love is what often seems to be missing in our broken world. We look around and we see a pandemic that's almost a year old, a second impeachment trial, deep political divides and polarization, economic strife, hostility, resentment, and what often feels like chaos. We see anger and fear and many who live depressed and hopeless lives, unsure about the future or if anybody really cares about them. And the answer to all of this, I believe, is agape love. And that's what Jesus taught. Our world needs more agape love. And so as Christians, we're called to spread that. Secondly, today, building a Christian life means that we must push back as hard as we possibly can on the opposite of love, which is selfishness. Every sin is the result of selfishness. And all of us as human beings have to work really, really hard to not be selfish because selfishness is tied to survival. 
And during stressful times, we, we struggle to survive, to keep our head above water. Michael Curry is the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. You might remember that uh, Reverend Curry became very famous a couple years ago when he presided at the royal wedding of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle at Westminster Abbey in London. But Curry, Curry recently published a book that's called Love is the Way. And he says this, he says, selfishness is the most destructive force in all of the cosmos and hate is only its symptom. Selfishness has destroyed families. Selfishness destroys communities. Selfishness has destroyed societies and nations and global communities. And it will destroy the human race by laying waste to our planet if we let it. But the good news is we don't have to let it. We can choose love over selfishness. We can choose compassion. We can choose sympathy, mercy, benevolence. You know, romantic love is great, but romantic love often fades over time and it must give way to a deeper partnership. Couples who have been married for decades, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, what they've discovered is that to stay in love that long, they've had to honor the friendship. They've had to honor the partnership. And so what our world and our nation need now is more agape love, where we look beyond self to the needs and the hurts of others. Curry says this, he says, where selfishness excludes, love makes room and includes. Where selfishness puts down, love lifts up. Where selfishness hurts, and sometimes we know it hurts very deep. Love heals. Where selfishness enslaves, love sets free and liberates. And all of this is true. I think this pandemic has made this more difficult because when you're trying to survive, when you're living in fear, when you are lonely and isolated from other people, when you are stressed out beyond your limit, love is much more difficult. It's harder to love. And so everything that's been going on in our world for the past year has made love more difficult, but also more necessary. Christians are called to be unselfish and selfishness is the opposite of love. Third, building a Christian life is all about relationships and community, full stop. The quality of our relationships will determine the quality of our lives. So only a fool doesn't invest in relationships. We are social beings. We are not made to live alone. We are not made to live socially distant. That's why that's been hard. We're made to interact and be together. Woodmont has thrived for almost 78 years because of the depth and quality of the relationships that are found in this church. It's why we push small groups and classes. Remember what Rabbi Sachs said. He said, the human condition is overwhelmingly about relationships. 
about faithfulness, staying true, loyal, and committed to one another, despite all the tensions and the setbacks and the misunderstandings, the backslidings and the multiple ways in which we all fall short. It's about consecrating the bonds between us, he says. It's about transcending our solitude. You know, our culture seems to be all about me. All about me. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Christianity is all about we because we're all in this together. Show me the quality of your relationships and I will show you whether or not you are a happy and fulfilled person. Show me the quality of your relationships and I will show you whether or not you have meaning in your life. Show me the quality of your relationships and I will show you whether you are making an impact on others in this world. When it comes to relationships, love is the basis. And the Apostle Paul gets much more specific when he writes to the Corinthian church talking about love. He says, love is patient and love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things and it endures all things. Love, Paul says, never ends. Therefore, in order to build quality relationships with our family, with our friends, we must be patient. We must be kind. We must not insist on our own way. We must not be arrogant or rude. We must let the golden rule be our guiding principle. Being a moral person is hard work. It takes self-discipline and self-control. Will we experience pain? Will we experience disappointment? Will we experience setbacks? Yes, of course we will. But God has created us to be resilient and to not journey alone. We help each other. We support each other. We pick each other up and sometimes we carry each other forward. Fourth, building the Christian life must involve caring for the poor and the outcasts. This is non-negotiable because Jesus commands us to do it. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and I was and sick and in prison and you visited me. Then he concludes with those famous words, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. See, during COVID, it's been hard to get people to do hands-on mission. Uh, just ask uh, Steve and Deb LaForge because everybody is afraid of the virus. We can't host room in the inn. We can't go over to Fall Hamilton and, and, and see our reading buddies because they've been virtual. We can't do Habitat Builds or go to Morgan Scott. We can't host AA or Al-Anon here at the church. This virus has limited our ability and our capacity to serve. Now, we're still giving our outreach grants and, and supporting lots of great organizations in this community. But as things get better this spring, as more people get vaccinated, as the weather becomes nice, we must get back to serving. Woodmont has always been a missional church, 
but we always need more people to be involved in hands-on ministry and mission. We're called to use the gifts that God has given us to serve others and to make a difference. There's been a lot of talk recently about the K recovery of the pandemic, meaning that the people at the top are doing just fine, but there are many people who are not doing fine at all. There are many who don't have a job, who can't pay their bills, because their industry has been absolutely decimated. We have many songwriters and musicians and hospitality people in this town, in this community that are struggling. So we must look around and we must ask, how can we help? How can we make a difference? And then we have to go out and do it. Lastly this morning, Building the Christian life and following Jesus means that we must carve out time for prayer, reflection, and spiritual growth. If you don't ever exercise, you won't get physically fit. If you don't spend time in prayer and study and reading the Bible, you won't grow. It really is that simple. I'm going to be preaching through Mark's gospel during the season of Lent, which begins this Wednesday with our Ash Wednesday service. And then Rubel Shelley, a great preacher, theologian, uh, professor, is going to lead a Bible study on Wednesday night, starting on the 24th, also on Mark's gospel. So if you want to dive deeper into Mark, then that's another opportunity for you to get on Zoom on Wednesday nights and to really study uh, Mark's gospel, which is the shortest gospel, but uh, many call it the bare bones gospel, uh, the gospel that is the oldest. It's second in the New Testament, but it's a powerful account of Jesus's life and ministry. We have so many groups and classes at this church that meet on a regular basis. And so I continue to encourage you to get involved in them. If you don't have a group, I would encourage you to start a group. Reach out to four or five other people and start a group. But we have to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we stop learning, then we stop growing. Today is a special day. It's a happy day. It's a day of love, a day of celebration. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this new building a reality, a possibility. But let's remember, we only build buildings so that we can gather for worship, for fellowship, for education, and then to go out and serve. This is only our base. The world is the mission field. The building of Christian lives, according to the teachings of Jesus, is what the church must always be about. Jesus shows us what love looks like in action. And we are called to follow him. Amen.